Thanks for downloading this episode of the Nerdball Podcast. I will be airing an old episode today, but it is one that has touched a lot of people. And I didn't realize how important these can be sometimes uh, until, uh, until I did this one. And it didn't become important until the person I interviewed passed away. Uh, that was my old track coach, one of my mentors, Mr. Henches, uh, affectionately known as H to most of us. Um, you don't know what's, obviously no one knows what's going to happen. And when I went to the funeral home and talked to his family, they all were very glad that I was did this podcast with him. They're able to hear his voice whenever they want now on on these little on this hour episode at least and and I didn't think about things like that and it hit me that I mean all these episodes could be important to somebody at some point uh, it could be because of the person because of the subject we're talking about because of me uh, they all have importance so um, but this one is important to me now I'm reiterating it so uh, people can listen it was a great conversation. Uh, it, it was great to to talk to my mentor and talk about coaching and teaching and uh, hear his insights to sit down with him. Um, when you're an 18 year old kid, senior in high school, you don't think about stuff like that. And now 20 years later, almost 20 years later, uh, it's a, it's a different meaning and it's a different feeling. And you think, I mean, everyone thinks, Hey, I'll, uh, I'll be able to see him all the time, or I'll be able to see this person all the time. And, and it might not always be, um, someone passing away, but it might be for other reasons that you can't see that person anymore. And it's difficult. And my brother passed away, uh, about a year and a half ago now. And every once in a while, something happens like, Oh man, I should tell my brother. And I can't. And you don't think about that kind of stuff. Even today, my, my sister bought my nephew, some really bright yellow tennis shoes. He's, he'll be, I think he'll be two. And she made a comment or she posted on my brother's Facebook page. Like you would have really liked these shoes. Cause that's how he was like, he would really like them. And it would have been fun to, to see him, see my nephew and see my brother together, but uh, we can't make that happen. So hopefully episodes like this and hopefully the Hedges family uh, can enjoy this for for years to come uh h passed away from pancreatic cancer and i will have a link in the notes for uh, anyone who wants to join or wants to donate to hench's heroes there'll be a link uh in the show notes and uh in posts and stuff that i make but uh enjoy this episode uh if there's other episodes you would like to hear again you know please please i want to know what's important to you guys so uh, this was important to me to put it out again and, and, and for the family and for anybody else who knew H. So uh, thank you. Thanks for downloading this episode and uh, enjoy. Hello, everyone. My name is Jim Henches. I'm a teacher at Perrysburg and a track coach at Perrysburg, too. And this is the Nerdball Podcast. is the Nerdball Podcast with Lorenzo Melcher. 
so professional. That was the most professional I've had, I think, so far. Uh, I listened to a few podcasts. Oh, have you? Oh, no. Well, thank you. Um, I, uh, I've been getting that more and more, which makes me feel like people are starting to pick it up a little bit, which is good. I, I, like, I like doing this. Otherwise, yeah. you know, otherwise, I wouldn't be here. In right this, in this freezing garage. <laughs> so thanks for coming out. Oh, my pleasure. Um, we've known each other for a while. Yeah. Um, you were my track coach when I was uh, in high school, and um, we won't talk about how long ago that was. <laughs> and you're still still a track coach, I'm but still a track. But coach. but your role your role kind of expanded um, a little bit because it did. when I was in high school, it was just the track team, and Mr. Keel was the head coach. Right. Um, but now it's split. Yes. And um, after after Vern. Uh, step down. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll say that um, they decided to go with splitting it into the boys and girls. So I'm the boys head coach, um, and we had a choice of being completely separate teams. So the boys would have a head coach and two assistants. Girls would have a head coach and two assistants, and then they would um, we'd have to split everything between three coaches. Okay, so. We talked about it. We decided, you know, what we want to do is have a boys team and a girls team, but still do uh, the coaching of both sexes for each of the specific things. So, you know, otherwise I'd have to probably do shot and disc and distance. And then we'd have to have someone who could do sprints and hurdles and then Uh, someone who could do all the jumps all on the boys side. And this way, you know, the only the only teams that are split into a boys team and a girls team are the distance people. Okay. And that kind of makes sense because they're at such different levels and trying to do the same thing with both groups. Mm -hmm. You could, but it's just a little bit harder. Do you guys go to the same invitationals or do you guys split sometimes? We go to the same invitationals except for one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whitmer has the Nancy Ermey relays and uh, St. Francis has the night relays. Okay. And so that's the only time that we split. Okay. Boys and girls. Whitmer, we the junior high goes to Whitmer, and that is the worst place if there's only one shot and disc coach. Oh, <laughs> because oh, it it's is. so far away. It is incredibly far away. <laughs> I, I always try to tell them, like, uh, I'm going to watch. I, I'll walk the disc throwers over to them. If, if it's girls, I'll walk the girls over there, and I'll say, I'll try to be back for your second throw, and hopefully I can get back. Right. Because I, I, I don't like, obviously, and you're the same way, you don't want to stay at one place. No. You, you want to be able to coach both. Right? Sure. Yeah, and that is it is very hard to do. It is extremely hard to do there. Yeah, you know, I thought we were. I I always thought like, man, I hate having a fence in between the shot and this at the junior high. You but know? at least you but can now, sing, stand on the yeah. fence and see both. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's yeah, that's ridiculous. It is. It's crazy. <laughs> um, you've been you've been coaching uh, shot and disc uh, your whole time. Your yeah. whole time you've been a track mm-hmm. coach, right? Yep. What what made you get into coaching that? Did you uh, do that in high school? I did not. Oh, okay. Um, but that was the spot that was open. Okay. And Vern, uh, Vern Keel, who was the head coach for a very long time, mm-hmm. uh, approached me and said, you know, like you to be a, uh, on the track staff, but this is the only opening. So I said, okay, fine. Yeah. And I did some research. You know, I read books, went to a couple of clinics, picked up ideas, and just have gone from there. Yeah, and it's and by the time I was there, it's it just everything – seems um like just so natural you've been doing it for so long now you can see little things you oh know? sure and, and especially because i know for me when i was doing it at the junior high it was all like real big adjustments because they're just learning it right you know but once you're a junior and a senior like you're pretty much set and you just got to find these little tiny things yeah exactly 
Exactly. It's the freshmen are the ones who, well, and this year the sophomores because we missed out on last year. But mm-hmm. the freshmen are the ones that you really have to um, teach up mm-hmm. a little bit. And it's not because they haven't done that. You like when you were coaching down below, down yeah. at the junior high. It wasn't because you weren't. Sorry about that. No, that's fine. Uh, um, it wasn't because you weren't teaching them right. It was just they were able to get away with a lot. Oh yeah, because yeah. it's a six pound shot mm-hmm. and it's a you know small disc and now all of a sudden they want to be throwing at the same place they were and so you got to teach them well okay now form really matters yeah and because you're with the heavy weight that's how you make the distance mm-hmm. it's the form and the and the proper pr- procedures and the technique and that's just trying to get them to learn that yeah and and, and another thing is there's one coach for 35 throwers right I think, at the right junior exactly high, you know? yeah and yeah that makes it really hard too because you're trying to do as much as you can and and a- as you go along there's and just like any sport there's kids that just want to be out there with, with their friends and there's kids that sure. really want to be really good at this and you coach everybody but you got to coach you coach them differently right because exactly because there's sure some, there's some that want to go to states and there's some that just want to right hang out you know um when I would have a bunch of throwers, and again, back when we were at the junior high building, mm-hmm. I remember just filling the field up with people like their first couple of years and just throw. Yeah. Just throw. Just throw. And once you learn the release, now we can build off of it. But just getting them to throw and to learn the release, especially in disc, mm-hmm. that's incredible. Now, I can't imagine doing it with 35 or 40 kids. <laughs> I mean, I was doing it with 10. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. The I started when I was a freshman. I didn't have it at my junior high, and it was so intimidating because I moved to Perrysburg. I was new. I, now, granted, I had the 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 fall and winter to meet people, but I was new, and then I, I had to do this new thing I've never done before. Uh, but it, of all the things I did in, in high school, that was the most fun. Was was shot specifically because I was horrible at disc, <laughs> but shot and disc uh, track was was really fun. And that's why I, I try to tell the kids when I coach them, like, if you can get one throw out of 10, that's perfect. Then uh-huh. you're going to remember that one, and it feels so good. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and kids always, especially when they get to the point where they want to be the best throwers, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, you know, you're going to get one throw out of six or seven, whatever you're going to have, uh, like at an invitational, you're going to get one throw. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. And that's the one you're going to live with. Yeah. And then you're going to try, you're going to over try and then you're yeah. going to, you know, and do everything else. But you get that one throw. And for many kids, it's the first or second throw because yes. they're, they're, they don't put themselves under that pressure. And I think that's the thing, you know, I enjoy coaching track because I think it's one of those situations where while you're competing against everyone else on your team, mm-hmm. you're really only competing against yourself. Definitely. And it's not like, um, and I coached soccer for years, it's not like soccer where you're competing to be one of the top 10. You just have to be the best you can. And if you're the fastest, you're the fastest. Mm -hmm. And if you're not, your goal is to get to be the fastest. And so it really creates more of a sense of camaraderie and team kind of feeling than I think, you know, the other sports, don't get me wrong, you, you, you go there and you fight for your teammates and you do whatever you can for your teammates, but it's not quite the same mm-hmm. because there is that, that underlying edge of competitiveness. Well, even, even in the league meets when, um, 
my senior year, I came in first and at the league meet, and I and I thought, hey, we won, and I got ten points of those of whatever our points right. were. Because even then, like I helped the team, but but I it was still like a I did this because you're the only one there in that circle, you know, right? You're, right, you know? exactly. And and that's a lot for a lot of those events. Beside the relays, you're you're it, you're it, and let's you got to beat these people in, in order to come out on top. And yet, at the same time, you can't do it by yourself. Correct. Correct. You know, it, you've got to. And that's the thing, too, with the junior high. Sometimes um, they will, especially when we, when I had a really good thrower, other throwers will come and watch and cheer him or her on. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes runners will come because they hear, like, oh, so-and-so's really good. You should come see them throw. And that's what's cool, too, just to, to see not just their parents, but other kids that want to see how oh, well yeah. they do. I mean, which is really nice at the high school because everything is right there. Oh, I mean, yeah. the disc is... 15 feet away from the track, mm-hmm. you know, and shot puts wow. maybe 30 feet, you know, and so kids can, while they're waiting for their event, they're warming up and they can watch discus or they mm-hmm. can watch. And so it's really been cool because I think it really brings us back into, uh, it, back into that feeling of team. Yeah. Because they're actually seeing us. You were not off in a field somewhere like at Whitmer, like you said, yeah. at Whitmer, it's really tough, but you know, you're, practically in another complex than the track yeah and the runners just aren't i mean they're doing their things they're not going to come out and watch you throw Mm -hmm. in a situation like that but at at the walt churchill track it's right there you can watch the meet you know my throwers can watch the meet the runners can watch the throwers it's just really nice and that's what's the same way at, at the junior high. It's like, oh, where are the throwers? In that corner behind the stands. Right, you exactly. Know, you got to go through the fence, too, to get to the, <laughs> the discus, you know? Yeah. I, and it's been, it's so, you know, again, at the junior high, if you had friends, they would come and see you. Mm-hmm. Here, it's like everyone can see it. Yeah. And yeah. so it's kind of cool. And, and that is cool. I, one of my favorite things, too, whenever I threw, um, and whenever I threw some well, because uh, it was, I like talking to all you guys in the stands. Uh, Harvey was a coach at the mm-hmm. time too, uh, Mr. English, and to go up there and and everyone was interested. Like, what'd you throw? Right, and it was cool to be like, hey, I threw this or whatever. I remember and and um, it doesn't. I don't want to make it sound like it's bragging, but these are the things I try to tell people when they're in sports. You'll remember certain things. Like mm. I remember we went to Sandusky and I won. And the one thing I remember is I don't remember what I threw. But I remember thinking, oh, my name's going to be in the book for next year. Right. Uh, and then we didn't go. So <laughs> we went somewhere else. I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> or, or the Fat Man relays. Right. Those yeah, sure. Yeah, those are relays. always fun. Yeah. So it, it track overall, is like I said, it was one of my favorite sports. And uh, I'm really glad to be able to coaching and help you this year. Now yeah, to, that's cool. I'm to glad to have level. you there. Um, and again, like you said, you want to try to learn a little bit of everything. And that's, yeah. that's the way I think you need to be. Um, as a coach, you need to be able to be at that second set of eyes for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the other day of practice, Andrea was doing starts. And so I just wandered over and, you know, she started asking me what I saw as far as kids starting. And so, I mean, it's that kind of, of situation. You know, again, I've been coaching, gosh, 30 years. I think now. And so I've picked up a lot of that. Yeah. So I don't know everything, but I, you know, it's one of those, I don't, I know what I, I know what I know and I know what I like. And if it looks good, then it's fine. But yeah. I can tell what's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, and now I, can I correct it? Maybe not. Yeah. 
but well, yeah, I that, can tell what's wrong. Yeah, and then that's where the other coaches come like, hey, this doesn't look right. And then they might say, oh, yeah, it doesn't because they're doing A or B. Right. Right. Exactly. And there's nothing more, especially for, for a young coach, when I started coaching football and got on a varsity and Coach Kriegel would ask me a question about something. Like, what do you think about this? And I was like, me? Like, I'm just, <laughs> it's my first year. I'm just trying to learn, you know. But, but you're there for right. a reason. Like, and that is how you learn, learn, though. Yes. Yeah, you get, you get thrown to the fire sometimes. Right. Right? And, and they, uh, other coaches want to see how you can handle things. Exactly. You know, and that's, like you said, that's how you learn, and that's how you become a better coach. You know, yes. you, you can figure out these problems. They're throwing problems at you, just like any other job. You know, they, they're throwing problems at you, and you got to try to figure them out. Right. Um, so have you been uh, at Perrysburg your whole career? Yeah, I mean, I, when I started off, I've been in the Perrysburg High School building my entire career. I started off working for Wood County okay. um, in the high school, and then I got a math job working for Perrysburg schools. Mm-hmm. So it was about three years, I think, I worked for Wood County, and then I was able to move into the math position. Um, what makes, what makes uh, someone love math enough to want to teach it all the time? <laughs> I, have zero, I have zero interest in math whatsoever. Um, it, just, it's, it, it, it frustrates me so much. I, like, I just like the fact that there's one answer but many ways to get there. Mm-hmm. I think that's really, to me, that's part of it. Yeah. Um, and it just it, it makes sense, and there's patterns to it that I totally get. Um, you know, I love reading and I love writing, but I couldn't teach English because there's too many interpretations of something. Yeah. And whether, you know, it, and I as a teacher have my prejudices as far as what something means. Mm-hmm. But in math, there's no, you, do you get to the answer? Okay. Is what you do mathematically correct? Perfect. Then, yeah, yeah. that works. It's maybe not the most efficient way. It's not, you know, maybe the easiest way but if you understand it yeah go for it well i think one thing too is is numbers are the same everywhere yeah right and that's um i i my i think my dad asked me why because i I do groundskeeping and said why why do people use scientific names for plants i go because i whatever what we call a maple here could be called something else different in china so if you use uh, scientific names, they're all the same everywhere. Right. And it, I mean, you, people can communicate with numbers, and it's yeah. all the same, right? Right. Uh, but I just, I never, I never. And that's it, fine, right? You know, I mean, that's that's. I have. Oh, sorry. No, that's fine. I, I have. I have enough to um, to do my job when I need when I need math. Um, but I, I don't know. It was just something that never. Um, I never looked forward to. Right. Right. No, I get it. Yeah. You know, I taught your younger sister. Oh, yeah, Martina? Yeah, and, you know, I think Martina was not into high school, and she wasn't into math at that period mm-hmm. in time. Mm-hmm. And now look at her. Yeah. You know, I mean, she's done great, and mm-hmm. she had to pick up the math, and she did a great job with yeah. it. So, I mean, it's just really, you know, kids like that are the ones that um, I consider to be success stories. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah, so. she, was, she was exactly like me, uh, and she she should have got better grades and so. <laughs> I should have got better grades than B's and C's, um, but it was one of those. I just, I'm here to be here and let, get me through here. Right. You know? <laughs> Give me the track practice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that um, I always think about how I how I got on the track team too. I think if Mr. Keel wasn't the football coach, there's no way I would have came out for track because right. uh, I had no idea what it was, and I wouldn't have signed up for it if he if I didn't already have that relationship sure. with him. And uh, and um, I think that's yeah. important. 
by the way. Yeah. I think that's really important, um, the synergy between sports, mm-hmm. you know, how each one can help uh, the other one. Yeah. And, you know, and that's a perfect example of it. You know, Vern knew what you were like. He knew, he saw how strong you were, and it's like, okay, he's big, he's tall, you know, he, he's a thrower. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. So. And I think that, um, and most coaches would say, do every as much as you can, right? Do all, yeah. all kinds of event, all kinds of sports because it, it, you use different muscles and everything. If you do the same thing year round, you know, it's gonna, it's, your body's gonna break down. Right. Right. So, um, and track, I think track um, is good for all sports, especially for football. Um, there's so much. There's so much, uh, especially if you're a sprinter, and and you also play running back, um, right? Or I, wide I, receiver and sprinting. Yeah, if you mentally, when you're running down the field, you're not going to think I need to have good form, but because right. you've done track, it's just in you already. Right. Exactly. Two. Um, well, two things. One, I think you know throwing helps with footwork. Mm-hmm. You know, so like an interior lineman, when you start looking at their footwork, you know, are they quick on their feet? Are they able to adjust quickly, change their weight? That's throws. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing, too, is I remember Devin Smith, Ohio State uh, wide receiver, say he thought one of the reasons he was such an effective wide receiver was because he did high jump in high school. Mm-hmm. And so he learned how to control his body in the air and change things. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, little things like that that you don't think about are, you know, again, some of the best gymnasts make the best pole vaulters mm-hmm. because they're used to those turns and the things that you have to do for pole vault. So, yeah. you know, there is just, like I say, there's an incredible synergy between all sports, but you're right. I think track does help in many ways yeah. with the other sports. Yeah. Do you find you have to, um, because I don't know how many kids you get come out for track, but do you find you have to recruit kids to get out there or you get plenty of kids to come oh. out for track? Right now on Final Forms, my roster is 108. Boys. Boys. <laughs> and, you know, and don't get me wrong. I'm glad that that many people express an interest in it. I really hope they don't come out. Yeah. Because you can't, you can't get everyone involved, mm-hmm. you know, um, as part of it. And then the second thing, too, is you end up spending most of your time doing the paperwork as opposed to actually coaching and knowing the kids. Yeah, yeah. You know, so we'll see next week, you know, how, how many people really are serious um, for out over the next two weeks, probably, because I think while we're while we're saying next week's mandatory and we really want kids to be there, it's going to end up being kind of like, well, you know, I wasn't expecting it this week. So this is yeah. going on. And, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time for um, those things to shake out. Mm-hmm. And I get that. I totally get that. Yeah. Um, you know, as a matter of fact, I had an email this morning from a parent saying that they scheduled driving hours because they didn't know their their son wanted to run track. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, finish up your driving hours. We'll get you when we get you because it's not going to make, you know, the first week's not going to make that huge of a difference. And mm-hmm. the other thing, too, is, you know, track is track to me is important, and I love track, and I love coaching track, and I want the team to do the best it possibly can. But, you know, in the greater scheme of life, you know, what kid's not going to want a driver's license? What kid's not going to, you know, (laughs) oh, wait a minute. uh, I have to go and run three miles in the snow or, you know, get a driver's license. I think I know what I'm going to pick. Yeah. 
you, you talked about how many boys you had come out. I remember when I first started coaching at Rossford Junior High with Ed Howard. Mm-hmm. Um, he, we had we were allowed five coaches if we got X amount of kids to come out. I forget right. how many it was. Um, so he he was a good recruiter getting all these kids out. And then once we hit that number, he was like, "All right, let's see how many we can drop. <laughs> <laughs> see how many we can make drop." You know, right, right. Because it's the same thing. Like we can we can only coach. Oh, sure. Each kid for so long, right? And if there's right. too many, it's it's it just lessens it for everybody, right? And I, that's one of the things that I'm looking forward to working with you this year. You know, mm-hmm. I stand between the two pads, you know, and so I, I watch one kid throw and I turn around and I'm catching the end of someone else's throw and I didn't see what happened, and so it's just those are the times when you know I, it's like I just I just want more eyes. Yeah, yeah, you know. Well, that's that's, uh, and I would imagine it's just like having kids. Just like when you walked in right before I left, my daughter was like, "Hey, watch this!" I'm sure there's a bunch of, "Hey, H, watch this! Yeah, watch yeah, this one!" Oh yeah, watch yeah. This. I'm going to throw really well on this one. Just watch. <laughs> oh no, no, I meant the next one. <laughs> well, you know, and again, I'm not taking anything away from the sprints or whatever, but you know, it's easy. Again, for sprints, it's like there's some skill things that you have to do: relays, mm-hmm. blocks. But the most of the time, it's conditioning. Yeah, you know, working on speed, and that's not. You know, it's not really something that you're spending a lot of time examining every Mm -hmm. kid running. Mm -hmm. But when you start talking about the specialties, you know, hurdling, long jump, high jump, pole vault, discus, shot, you know, it's the little things are going to make the huge difference. Yeah. And, um, you know, so again, it's like those those are the times when I think – you need that extra set of eyes, which again goes back to you trying to figure out everything that you can, mm-hmm. or you know, I'll go over to talk to Matt Gosses, you know, when he's doing hurdles or high jump, and I'll just mention, you know, I saw this, and he's like, yeah, I think that's something that we're going to have to work on. You know, just little things like that it makes the difference when you're looking at those kinds of things. Yeah. Do you utilize any like um, cameras or any? I'll like do that, coach's videos? eye every now and then. Um, but that gets problematic too, partly because then everyone wants to, when I'm trying to work with one kid on changing something, yeah. everyone wants to be videotaped. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing too is, as good as Coach's Eye is, it's not quite the same as you going over and actually kind of saying, okay, when I say lift your elbow, this is what I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, and actually physically lifting their elbow and making sure that they feel what that's like as opposed to just seeing it. Yeah. But I do try to do, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm no Eastwood. <laughs> you know, they, every coach has an iPad and okay. everything that they do, they have on tape and they go through it. And which, again, fine, it works for them. Yeah. Um, but it, again, it's, to me, it's, it's another tool. Mm-hmm. But, so, yeah, so you, it's not, like, everything. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, because you're right, because every kid is, like you said, just, well, now do, now do me, you right. know, and, right. and tell me what I'm doing wrong. Right. You know, and it's, I, I used, um, I didn't use the coaches. I would just use my camera, and I would take video, and I would show some of the kids. Um, and I would even tell, because some of these kids, I'd give a hard time, and I would say, hey, uh, be a better thrower, and I'll be <laughs> <laughs> Oh, come on, coach. You, know. yeah, you just got to be better today. Yeah. The only thing I like about Coach's Eye, and, and I don't get paid for this, but the only thing I like about Coach's Eye is you can um, you can draw on it. Oh, okay. And so, for instance, if you're talking about um, shot put, 
or discus the angle. Mm -hmm. You can actually show them where the angle is supposed to be and then where their angle is and the, you know, the difference and actually give them that kind of a visual. And most kids um, will see more out of a video too, as opposed to like, Hey, you did this. Oh, I didn't feel that. Well, trust me. You right. Did you it, did it you know? and look great. Yeah. Do it again. Yeah. You know? And, well, okay. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and the other thing too is I think you're right in that aspect. Um, especially with two things, the tech savviness, if that's a word, the tech savviness of kids nowadays, mm -hmm. but also the, um, the number of things on like YouTube, yeah. I mean, you can go on YouTube and there's five or six different people doing shot put, mm -hmm. you know, shoot, five or six. There's probably hundreds yeah. of people doing shot put, hundreds of people doing discus, um, both just the throws and also the coaching. And so I think a lot of kids are, you know, they're used to seeing videos. They're used to learning that way. And so that kind of helps that, you know, I had a kid a couple of years ago who extensively used YouTube and he and I would talk and we would both pick up things from each other about what, you know, what should do, what we should do and what needs to be done. Yeah. So do you, was, was there any, ever any kids that you had, like they had their own personal, like throwing coaches? Did you ever coach anybody like that? Early, early on. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just didn't know if anything like that existed around here. Yeah. I mean, there's been, there has been that and there, there right now I know of at least two, Academies, they call themselves academies, throwing academies uh -huh. in the area. Okay, um, you know that's that's for the kids that are going to go to college and throw. I mean, yeah. Anthony Wayne, um, Anthony Wayne had a girl who was a stud. She was part of the Throwers Academy. Academy uh, Bowling Green had a th guy thrower. Napoleon had a guy thrower. They were all throwing. Well, they were playing football, and then the rest of the time they were just throwing. Yeah. You know, I mean, because they knew that was where they wanted to go. That's their track to going to wherever, you know. And so they're all throwing. Last I heard, they're all throwing, um, like, the boy, the BG kid and the Anthony Wayne girl are throwing in Indiana. Okay. Um, I forget where the kid from Napoleon's, but he's throwing somewhere, too. Mm -hmm. um, but, again, that they're not playing football. Yeah. The guys aren't. Yeah. You know, they're throwing. And so. Hmm. Yeah, I. I even I mean I was so new to to track like even if I in my parents too my parents would they just hey you're doing this okay yeah you know it's it's because uh, some and, and my parents I think uh, just just from being a coach my parents were good parents as far as other coaches were concerned because they they didn't they got in, involved as much as I wanted them to get involved right. they weren't calling coaches or emailing sure. or any of that stuff they were there they watched me and they congratulated me and then they you know then they were done and we talked about it later but those are like you know if if I don't know you or if you come up to me and say hello and you got to say I'm so and so's son mm -hmm. then I think that's good right you know because then hey I'm coaching whoever I'm coaching I'm coaching right where you don't have an issue with me right and so so you're not you know you don't need to know yeah. Who we are right together. Right. You know, you know to go back to the academy thing, you know, that's the thing now. Mm. If you if you want to find an academy for anything oh, really? or a coach, a private coach for anything, you can find them. Yeah. You know, quite a few of our sprinters have private coaches, you know, that, you know, it, it work with so them. Weird to me. It, 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 well, it is. And yet at the same time, it's not weird to me because yeah. I see that in, in, you know, teaching all the time. Okay. You know, again, it's that, it's part of that whole, um, 
and again, sometimes it's kids just trying to get an, an edge, but usually it's kids who are trying to reach that next level. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones whose parents are going, are willing to shell out the money to get that extra coaching, that extra whatever, Yeah, you know, um, I've had kids that have, you know, a nutritionist, a weight coach, a track coach, you know, someone who worked with them out of the block, someone who worked, you know, I mean, you name it, they, you know, and don't get, they're running in, they're running in college now, yeah. but which is great, which is fine. But those people are out there. You just have to go and find them. Dude, have you had, or, or any, any coach at Perry's where, where there was conflicts with like, Hey, the, my, my coach yeah. wants me to do this. Yeah. yeah. How, how do you handle something like that? Or how does that um, get handled? It, I would imagine it's not a, a, a hard, a easy thing to do because it's, their parents no, are parent paying money for this. Right. right? And yeah. so, and, and, and that's part of it. I was just going to, I was trying to figure out a diplomatic way of saying that. Um, <laughs> but no, you know, and, and that is one of the things parents are paying for it. And so part of the, I'm not going to say assumption, mm-hmm. but part of it is if I'm paying for it, that's who you're going to listen to. Yeah. Or they're better. Right. Or they're better. Yeah. And you know, there are times when, um, an athlete's been told one thing and they do it and it's like, you know, I don't know why my times are getting slower uh-huh. because I'm doing exactly what my coach told me. Well, you know, you're not doing, let's, let's change it back to where I said yeah. and let's see what happens. It's like, Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know, I mean, you look at, you look at everyone we have on the coaching staff and they've all been, coaching or participating in what they do for many years. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Matt Gosses was a high jumper and hurdler in college. You know, now he's bringing that over to us and, you know, th- things along those lines. So they've had the benefit of coaching, you know, from people at, at a higher level. They under- they see it, you know, they've been through it. Um, and I just, you know, I like our coaches. I think they're very knowledgeable. Yeah. And, you know, I think if parents want to go and, and pay more money, that's cool. More power to you. Let's make your kid the best that they possibly can be. But, yeah. you know, we need to work together. And I think they need to make sure they're get, either getting referrals or get doing research on who they're going to. Yeah. Because I know that happened years ago when being a pitching coach and catching coach for softball or baseball – was a hot thing, and we always they'd always had to tell people like, make sure you know who you're going to, right. because you might could be wasting your money of this person who doesn't who doesn't know what they're who really doing. Do, right who just came out and said I'm going to be a hitting coach. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You you don't know. I mean, anybody can decide to do that. Martina went to I think she had two or three different pitching coaches, you know, until we found one that that she really liked, uh, and that was good good for her, and that was based on like, hey. My daughter goes here. I think you should go see her too. Right. You know, and and because that is, uh, like I said, anybody can decide they want to do that, and who knows what you're doing with that money? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What you're getting for your for your buck? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you've uh, you said you've been uh, at Perrysburg for a long time. You coach soccer too? I coach boys and girls soccer. Yeah. When I first started at Perrysburg, I was coaching boys soccer, um, and then I switched to girls soccer. Then I coach cross country. And, you know, I've been coaching track through all of that. Right. Yeah. So um, I was talking to Dan Thompson and, you know, he and I both are like the last two sport coaches. Mm. Um, 
because you know in in a lot of the younger people uh, a lot of the younger teachers when we came in the one of the ideas was if you're going to teach you're going to coach okay you know especially with males um that and was, again, that was just a thing. That, that was 85, okay. you know, 1985, 1986. And that was just, you know, one of the things. So one of the first, you know, in my job, in my interview for um, Perrysburg, mm-hmm. uh, Carolyn Peabody came in and said, oh, by the way, here are the openings for <laughs> coaches that we have, if you're interested. And yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, I played, high, you know, I played soccer in high school. So, you know, there's assistant boys, soccer coach. Yeah, sure. I'll, you know, yeah. I'll give it a go. Um, but it, that was kind of the way it was, mm-hmm. you know, especially again, especially for males in 85, you know, women's sports were just kind of taking off and becoming really, you know, more important. Okay. Um, but, you know, it was kind of, it's funny now because that was the the attitude in now it's you know i start thinking about the coaches we have at perrysburg and how few of them actually are teachers yeah in the school system yeah well even just just uh the football program uh i think last last year i think there was uh, coach kriegel sam cotterman and um coach sims I think they were, and everyone else was outside. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, and 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 Kriegler talked about how hard it is to find coaches. Oh sure, yeah. Um, you know that that because it's it's in any sport you do, it's a lot of time. You know, oh, it is on top of what you're already doing and your family and, and yeah. everything. So it's, yeah, it's it's tough. Um, so you did you coach soccer for a while? I coached soccer probably for about a total of maybe fifteen years. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. Wow. So you um when did you when did you stop coaching soccer? Oh man. I'm trying to remember um, when. It was after we'd moved to the new high school. Oh okay. All right. So you were so, uh, you were a coach when I was there then. Yeah. Oh okay. All right. Yeah. Um are you you're coaching are you co- coaching cross country still? No. Okay. No. Um Were you were you at Mommy for a little bit? Rossford. Rossford. Okay. I was okay. at Rossford, which made me laugh because we could only have an assistant coach if we had more than 10 runners. Oh, right. You know, and, and Perrysburg, you know, Perrysburg's got 40 runners. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I ended up, I think, the my last year, I think we had like 15. We barely had enough to uh, to score in a meet with the girls. Yeah. You need five runners to score. We had five runners, <laughs> you know, on the girls' side. And, you know, that's one of the things I'll say about Perrysburg. You know, people say, oh, it's just because Perrysburg's bigger. Yes and no. I think part of it is, you know, Perrysburg Cross Country is huge because they've experienced success. Yes. Yeah. And so once you see that success, it's easier to get kids to try. Mm -hmm. And you never know who's going to be good. You know, you just don't. Um, And Rossford is just, you know, this past year they had uh, two kids make it to regionals, two guys make it to regionals, and one guy make it to state. And that's the first one in, in many, many years. Yeah. And so that kind of success that people see that hopefully will begin to bring in other, other people. And that's what we found when I was at Rossford. All the coaches besides myself were in the Rossford school district so they could recruit kids and right. bring kids out. And now um, they, they just, they're not as maybe not as of good of recruiters or, or want to do as much because they don't have hardly any kids in their junior high track team anymore. Right. It just, it just seems like it dropped off big time. And, and it's, 
not only is co- the the in season coaching hard part, but you also got to do out season stuff, out out of oh, season sure. stuff too. You know, to attract kids and even right. even talk to kids or like Mr. Gill did with me just and during football season, talk to me yep. about doing track. You know, all that stuff. You got to think about this, yeah, yeah. All that stuff is is huge to the success or or um, how failure of a program, right? Yeah, and it goes back to now coaches who aren't in school. Yes. Yep. You know, like it's hard to find those coaches in school, but. If they're not in school, they don't have that relationship with a kid mm-hmm. to say, "Hey, you know what? You ought to, you ought to try this. You ought to go out for this." Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's it's a two-edged sword, mm-hmm. if you will, it, because one, you want those coaches, but at the same time, you want to make sure you have people who are good coaches. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so I was able to start at a I'll say at a low enough level in all the things that I coached that I was able to develop into being a good coach mm-hmm. and being able to develop into knowing what I know and knowing what I don't know so mm-hmm. I could go out and figure out how to learn what I don't know. Yeah. And going back to being in school, that's the the one thing I think I talked to Jackie Durr when she was on here after the podcast. Like I when I graduated high school, I wanted to be a teacher. Um I wanted to be a history teacher, and I just wasn't ready for college out of high school. Right. It just wasn't for me. Um, I ended up going, I think, getting my two-year degree uh, like three or four years later. Um, but a- anytime like I'm coaching or doing a thing, same thing. Like I want to be like have have that kid's ear when I'm in a school or in the building. So I, I do it differently. I have to. Um, I go to their sporting events after mm. school, or my schedule the past seven years has been uh, Tuesday through Saturday. So on Mondays, I would spend time in the junior high, talk to kids. Sure. You know, just because I want to be more involved. Right. Um, and, I, and when I talk to the new football coach, he asks how involved I am with the kids. I go, I'm involved as much as they want me to be. If, if all they want to know is talk to me about football, then talk to me about football. But if they want to talk to me about their school, family life, whatever, you know, then, then I'll be involved. Because that's what I like. I think coaches, and, and I'm sure you're aware, co- coaches play such a pivotal role in these high school kids or junior high oh, kids. Oh, yeah. Go, for growing sure. Growing up, you know. Right. They you're, can... you're, you're another authority figure who isn't a parent, mm-hmm. you know, if you will. And so it's a lot easier at times, I think, for kids to talk to you about things you know, and and just to, I'm not going to say that, how do I want to phrase this? It's easier for kids to talk to a coach about things helping themselves make a decision uh-huh. or feel out their feelings about what they want to say to their parents. Yes. It's I like practice. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you, and a lot of times the coach doesn't even have to say anything. They're just listening. Uh, right. When they're talking about something, and then uh, and then they if they want their two cents, you know they you can give it. But but I learned that, um, well, even being married, like sometimes when when my wife comes home, she has an issue. Sometimes she doesn't want me to try to fix it. She just right. wants to, she just wants me to hear it. Right, exactly. You know? and, and I think it's the same thing with kids. Like they they want to, and they're also like feeling you out, seeing hey what what can I what can I talk to this coach about. Right. You know, and and then right. How like much can said, I trust them? Yeah, yeah. And it's the same yeah. thing with with uh, like you said. It's it's uh, trying to figure out can I say this to an adult, and if I can say it to this adult, I can probably say it to my parents too. Right. And because uh, we all know those kids kids are <laughs> their parents and them often don't get along. That's right. Just how well, it is. or or yeah, it, or it's not that they're just scared. Yeah. Of what their parents going to say because that's 
you know, as a coach, you can't really pull that. Well, you know, I'm not angry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just disappointed. Yeah. You know, you, you can't pull that because kids look at you like, I don't really care. <laughs> you know, but with a parent, it's, it's a whole lot different because you, d- you don't want to let your parents down. Yeah. You know, and with a coach, you know that, um, okay, I'm going to let you down maybe this throw, but I can make up for it, mm-hmm. you know, or this run or this whatever. Yeah, I made a mistake, but it's not going to affect our relationship where yeah. I think, you know, with parents, there there is that, I just don't want to mess this up. Mm-hmm. Do you, so, um, you, have, you have children, right? Yeah. Uh, how many kids do you have? I have three. Oh, okay. And uh, three grandchildren and one more on the road, on the way. Wow. Uh, are they around here or are they all scattered about? Um, two of them are here. Uh, my eldest uh, daughter, Megan, um, just had a baby in November. Um, and then Rob just got married. My middle son, Rob, just got married in October. And he and his wife are here in town. Um, Nick, our baby, got married early, uh, barely out of college. Okay. We're actually, and he has two children and one more on the way. But they live in Berea. Oh, okay. So it's like an hour and a half away. So it's close enough that we can go and visit. We just went last Friday mm-hmm. just for the evening. Yeah. You know, which was cool. But, um, you know, it's it's not far, but it's far enough that it's, you know, it's not something you're just going to go, oh, I think I'm going to drop off. Yeah. yeah. Just going to drop off, you know, <laughs> just stop in. Yeah. So we get we get uh, some stop ins. My in-laws live three houses down. So. Oh. So they. They, uh, my mother-in-law, she, she says when we first, we've been here almost seven years now, but she says uh, when we first moved in that she wasn't just going to come over and that lasted like two days. So. <laughs> my mom used to do that to us too. Yeah. I was in the neighborhood. <laughs> you live in Toledo. We're in Barrysburg. What do you mean you're in the neighborhood? But it, yeah. I, I love having, having, well, my, my parents live in town too. So it's awesome to have their, yeah. their, their, their kids Well, and his grandparents here. too. You know, that's one of the things we're talking about. Uh, Maggie and I are talking, you know, it's like when our kids were growing up, it was um, teaching them to behave around their grandparents mm-hmm. more than really teaching them how to behave around us. You know, oh, okay. you just, you, you know, you, you've got to be, you've got to be at a better level near your grandparents and you have to be with us yeah. just because they're your grandparents and, and, you know, that's the way it is. So. And, and that was, but that works two ways. Cause I know with my, 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 we, my grandparents and my parents now, uh, we want our kids to be really good, but my parents are so laid back that they'll just do whatever, you know? <laughs> so, and, but that's, you know, that's the nature of grandparents. Right. right? That's what my right. dad, my dad always says, I like being a grandparent because I don't have to, I don't have to do anything. Like I right. just gotta, I just, if you're going to drop them off, I just got to make sure they come back in one piece, you know? <laughs> give, and I can give them all the candy. <laughs> exactly. Because once they start getting that sugar buzz going there, okay, you go home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and it's got to be nice for you, too. Um, you know, if one of your kids is driving the other one's nuts, it's like, go down to Grandma's. Yeah. You know, yeah. three doors down, just go. Yeah. You know, go hang out with Grandma for a little bit. Calm down, come back, you know, whatever. Yeah. So. It, well, it's good now, too, because they're, uh, my son's nine and my daughter's six, and they can, they can um, cross the street and everything now by themselves right. and everything. Because for a while, it's, I don't know, you're five you know, you're not yeah, going to, sure. you're not going to cross the street, you know? Right. So, so we got to go and do it. But now sometimes the, Hey, can I go over nine and pops to go? Yeah, go ahead. And they'll yeah. just go over there and be, maybe be gone for 15 minutes and then come back, you know? So it's, it's cool. I, I like that. Yeah. Um, you said your youngest got married early. Um, that, and I always find that I do find that funny cause I got married when I was 23 
And um, and then it wasn't for I don't know another six or seven years before my someone in my group of friends got married. And I think it's I think it's uh, it is a um, an a odd thing because it doesn't happen anymore right. like that. Um, but I guess I mean same Nick, thing, same thing for him. If you know, you know, right? Right. And, Nick and Alicia met in high school. Mm-hmm. He was a junior. She was a senior. Um, and they then Nick followed her to college. They both went to Kent State. <laughs> You know, and that, you know, it just led to them then getting engaged and getting married pretty soon um, after Nick graduated from college. Yeah, that was the one stipulation my my father in law had when I when I said, "Hey, I'm going to ask Andrea to marry me." He goes, "Just wait until she graduates." I said, "Okay," and then yeah, then he went back to watching TV. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not all bad. He obviously had faith in you. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh. Is he doing all right? He, yeah, he, yeah, he's doing good. Um, good. He, he has to go back. Uh, he has to get something else done next Wednesday. Uh, but yeah, he's doing good. He uh, well, he was in all that snow. He was out um, uh, snow blowing driveways. Yeah, he did his, and then he was over here doing ours, and did our neighbors who are elderly. So yeah, he's he's out and about. That's cool. Yeah, he's he. Uh, I saw all he your snow stuff. forts and all your things, and <laughs> yeah, the kids. Oh, they were out yesterday. They were out from 8.30 in the morning to uh, about lunchtime. We're in for a few hours and then went right back out until dinner. That's it cool. Was, and it was, it, and I always tell people, it doesn't matter how cold it is. Um, they'll be out there for, especially if their oh, yeah. friends are here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kids. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Now it's crazy. like, oh, my God, I'm freezing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and with, and with COVID, we, we made a rule. I mean, I even brought this basketball thing out here so they can be out here to play. Right. Because we're not going to have kids in the house. And I've said it before, but... Our new rule going forward is uh, no kids are coming in the house ever. You know, yeah. just because now we're used to it, just be outside. Yeah, sure. If you, if you guys want to come in here and warm up, I'll, I'll pop a heater on, but the door's going to stay open. Um, and in the summer, you know, they they can be out. There's, uh, I think there's a couple of their friends have pools. You know, they can be out there, or whatever. But that's uh, it just keeps our house clean. Oh keeps, yeah, uh, keeps. A lot less fights because they can handle it themselves. You know, if they're in here, <laughs> right. if they're in here, I feel like I have to interject a little bit if, sure. if they're getting loud, you know, yeah. but yeah, it's just so much easier to be, have them outside. Right. Plus they're older now. They can, they can deal with their, yeah. you know, their stuff or they try anyway. I don't know. My, my daughter, like I said, she's six and she's two, two years younger than everybody else that they play with. They have about a group of six or seven friends they mm. play with. So she's the one that we got to watch for, but she's pretty tough. She uh, she's <laughs> she causes more problems than than probably any of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's not all bad. No, no, it's not all bad. Um, so do you have a? You've been coaching, you've been teaching for a while. Do you have a a or have you had in the past like time where like, hey, I think this is going to be my last year on this date or whatever? Have you um, thought about that? Not to make you think about it. No, but I no. I, I, right new. now, it's my wife kept saying, uh, was kept getting angry with me because I was saying, okay, five years. And then the next year would be five years. <laughs> and the next year would be five years. Um, right now, God willing, mm-hmm. um, two years. Okay. And for, it, for many reasons, but for yeah, two years. Yeah. Okay. Um, it, and again, it's, you know, it's one of those things where I still... Um, Deb Drew's retiring this year, mm-hmm. um, and she and I were talking the other day, and she's she's of mixed feelings because she still loves what she's what she's doing, as do I. Yeah. But she she wants to get out before she stops uh, loving okay. what she's doing, yeah. and I totally get that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so 
you know, I think two years, while I still love what I'm doing, I think health-wise and everything else, two yeah. years is probably, you know, yeah. going to be it. Yeah. But um, when you're not doing math problems and <laughs> Yeah, that's what I do at home, everything. yeah. You know, I got a big board <laughs> at home. Big whiteboard on the wall. I just work out math problems. Do, do you? Uh, no, I don't. No, 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 no. no this is going to be a separate question. This okay. is going to be a separate. <laughs> no, I didn't, but, but no, I didn't think you did math no, problems. No, there's. There are, oh, are you kidding? There's a lot of people that, you know, the kids at school that are like, what, what do you do over the weekend? You know, and I'll say, I just did some math problems. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I was like, I don't do math problems. But no, what, what do you do? What do you like to do for fun? Um, read. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, we, uh, we live over, well, I call it the inner city of Perrysburg. We live within the boundaries. So we've got, you know, a half acre yard. Mm -hmm. Um, my wife loves gardening. So, you know, in the summer and we spend a lot of time in the garden. You you like being out there too? Yeah. 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 What do you like to grow or what do you like to Um, eat, I guess, out of there too? Well, garden more flowers Flowers? now than, um. Uh, anything else and you know we'll go we'll go either yard to yard sales or estate sales and she'll find things to put in the you know out in the garden you know just <laughs> weird things to yeah. put out in the garden and um which is fine yeah you know i love it but uh that's you know we'll spend the summers doing that um and uh given the chance I, I would rather sit and read than than watch TV or yeah. do about anything. Is there a specific um, kind of books you like to read? I'm a I'm a fiction person, mm-hmm. but again, I'll read you know whatever catches my interest. Yeah. Um. You know, recently it's been more fiction than than not. Uh. But you know, I've read autobiographies. I've read you know history of you know like the Civil War yeah. things along those lines. Do you get into horror stuff? Some, yeah, not much. My, I mean, it it all depends. My brother, my brother was not a very good student and just didn't do any type of work at all. But he loved Stephen King. Mm. Stephen King, Dean Koontz, he loved yeah. that stuff. He loved horror movies, and uh, he uh, he would make my grandma watch them. And now, and now she she loves those movies. That's like, cool. Like any like like just the worst movie, <laughs> and and not just like worst meaning the most blood, but just like how did this movie get made? Right, it's awful, right. you know. But they, she loves that kind of stuff. But That's yeah, cool. I, I never. I, there was a time where I read a little bit. Um, I got into like all the Dan Brown books. Mm-hmm. I liked. All, yeah. I like all yeah. those and watching the movies and stuff. Um, now I have books. There's even um, this. Uh, this woman, I went to grade school with her kids, and she's an author. She published a couple books, and I started reading one. I was like, I'm going to read this book so you can be, come on the podcast. I can talk to you about it. And, I, and it's good. I just, it's just, there's the time. <laughs> there's right, just no yeah. time. And I feel bad because I, I, I even like were, would read a chapter and then take notes so I can talk about whatever. And, and I got, you know, probably a quarter of the way through For the me. book. Yeah, quarter of the way through the book. And, <sighs> and I just, it's just hard to find time. Oh, it is. It is. I mean, that's one of the things in my 30 years of teaching, I've gotten to the point now where I really try to budget my time at school so I can get grading and things done. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because, you know, like evenings I want to spend, you know, if we're watching TV, I want to spend it with my wife. Yeah. I don't want to spend it grading. I don't want to spend it, you know, doing other things. I just want to be able to sit and talk to her and make comments and and do whatever. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it was... When we had kids, and again, you know, you're at that point, um, 
you know, having kids, there's a lot of things pulling at you. Yeah. Especially if they're active, you know. And so, you know, I laugh. We laugh now about um, our weekend, our Friday nights, you know, when our kids were little was spent folding clothes. Yeah. You know, but that was the time that we we would, um, you know, we'd have TV on or we'd have music on mm-hmm. and we'd fold clothes and we'd talk. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was our that was really kind of our our time, and it was really cool. But that was, you know, I mean, that was our big fun date nights. Yeah. You know, now with COVID, you know, our big fun date nights is still us just kind of putzing <laughs> around. Going, oh, okay, close. Well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I, I just made a post about this on Facebook today. Like, uh, some, someone had had shared something about time, and 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 you you get up, go to work, you take your kids dinner, and you hardly have any time for yourself, and. And I made a point that that all that's true. And for right now, I'm sac- you know my wife and I sacrifice sleep so we can have time with each other. Yeah. Because if we didn't, we would have about a half an hour, and then we're going to bed. Right. But I'd rather be tired at work and be able to like be be with Andrea for an hour and a half. Sure. And because that's all you get at night. You exactly. Know? Yeah. It's, it's at night. The time is at night. You know, we we put our kids to bed, and and we sometimes we make it fun too. I've I've said before we have secret dinners where we don't eat dinner when the kids do, and then we put them to bed and we order pizza or something. <laughs> so you know, and we've we've That's done that. Perfect. Yeah, we've done that for ever since they were born. You know, it's just right. it's just uh, uh, something fun um, to make it. Then we're just watching TV, but but um, no, no, that's, that's I mean that's part of what makes you, you need that time. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it's harder. As my as my one son's finding out because he's got a four year old and a two year old, it's really hard at that point to create that time. You know when you're working and and his wife Alicia's a nurse, so she works twelves. Yeah. You know just to find that time to be with each other. Mm-hmm. You know it's it's and, and so you start really saving that and savoring that and making sure that you make it. Yeah. And that's that's the important part. Yeah. I think or, in a wedding or, or in like, a marriage. Or like you said, you you have to find it where like folding clothes. Right. You know, you might have to be doing something else, but that's the time. But you that's have the time we right. You yeah. know, and you talk about what's happened and you talk about what we want to do the next week or whatever. And now, you know, with no kids, it's easier to find that time, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, and but there are times when it's just us sitting together, not saying a word. Yes, and it's just yes. the fact that we're together. Yes, and it's some, that happens quite a bit when we could be watching a movie and and we don't we have that hour and a half and we don't say one word like you said, but we know it's just us. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, and, yeah. and that's important. Yeah. Yeah. All right, H. Well, I'll let you get out of here. I uh, I appreciate you coming on here. Oh, anytime, Lorenzo. Um. Well. Uh, maybe. Maybe sometime. Uh, before the season really kicks off, well, we can talk about track. We'll have Andrea. Andrea's the other coach. Is she yeah. the other head coach, right? Yeah. She, okay. She's head girls coach, head yep. sprint coach. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, we can uh, talk all about track and talk about the season and, and what the, cool. what we expect from there. So. That'd be awesome. All right, man. Well, This thank was you. really cool. I'm yeah. glad that you're doing this. This is this is fun. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. And like I said at the beginning, it's it's starting to pick up a little bit, and uh, and I've had actually people like reach out, like, hey, can I come on and stuff? So I That's, like it. And, and, yeah. You know, not – and there's – most people are like you, like, hey, you want to come on? And absolutely, just let me know when. So I appreciate it. Thanks yeah, for, yeah, thanks no, no, no worries. Thanks again to my guest, Jim Henches, math teacher, head boys track coach at Perrysburg High School for coming on the podcast today. I look forward to helping him and the rest of the varsity track team this year uh, out at practice, helping them out and learning all I can learn about track. 
Thanks to Jake Peluski at Real JP Multimedia for all the music you hear and producing this podcast. Thanks to Melanie at Cuttlefish Graphics for the brand new logo. Thanks to Jackie Durr at Perrysburg Junior High STEM Lab for the banner and the stickers. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.